Are you interested in making your own podcast? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and many more. You guys can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And in fact, I'm using Anchor and I love it. If you're interested, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, everybody. It's Wednesday, June 21st. This is Heidi St. John. Welcome to the podcast. I got a couple of things I want to talk about today really briefly. First of all, I appreciate so many of you who are listening to this podcast and sharing it with your friends and leaving reviews over at iTunes. Uh, We are thrilled to see the podcast growing the way it is. I would love to hear from you. If you have a podcast suggestion or you want to write a letter that you hope that we can address on the show, please send that to me at podcast at thebusymom.com. I want to pick up today where I left off on Monday. Can I give you some ideas for helping you have a screen-free summer with your kids? But like most of you, I I live here and I'm watching the news every day. And I got to tell you, I I think our nation is in trouble, Uh, probably more than I've ever seen in my lifetime. We talked about this during the election. You know, most of you know that I voted for for Donald Trump and I didn't make a secret of it. But I also said the answer that we are looking for is never going to be found in a president. Uh, We are contending with issues that are causing the very foundation of our country uh, to come under attack and our our, our moral and spiritual roots are eroding and we need to be in prayer as a nation. We need to continue to pray. I think it was easy to pray during the election when we saw you know, so much was obviously at stake, but the stakes continue to get higher and the attacks on Christians and on the authority of uh, biblical values even, which are being eroded in our country. Psalm 11 verse three says, when the foundations are being destroyed, what can the righteous do? Well, the Bible says that God longs for his people to humble themselves and seek forgiveness, and to pray for guidance. The Bible tells us that the nation whose God is the Lord is blessed. That was from Psalm 33, verse 12. And the Bible teaches us that if we repent of our sins and we turn back to God, that he will hear us from heaven and will heal our land. And so I just want to take a minute to encourage you, if you're not doing it on a regular basis, to be praying for our nation, to be praying for our leaders and pray for um, the direction that we are going as a nation, uh, certainly there are a lot of Christian ministries that are being uh, attacked right now simply by virtue of the fact that they claim Jesus as Lord and we believe in the authority of Scripture. And so it's time and has been for a long time, a crucial time for us to come before the Lord um, individually and together and seek the Lord and ask Him to intervene in what's happening in our nation. Uh, you can find out more about the National Day of Prayer by going to nationaldayofprayer.org, and there are all kinds of um, ideas for you to pray for your country. You can download a family prayer guide, which is really cool. They actually have a free curriculum from the Gospel Light on Prayer, which is awesome. They have a 30-day prayer guide that covers all the spheres of leadership um, in our nation. And I think sometimes summertime, because we're not running around you know, like we are uh, crazy people during the school year is a really good time to refocus on praying for our nation. So I want to encourage you to do that. 1 Timothy 2, 
verses one to two says, I urge then most of all that requests, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for everyone, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. We have a responsibility as Christians to be interceding on behalf of our nation. I'm going to pick up the the uh, question that it was a reader asked me last week about screen time for your kids, and I thought, I'm going to start off by asking you a question. So um, everyone who's listening, think about this for a minute. How much time do your kids spend online or using electronic devices? So how much time are they spending either watching uh, Netflix or on their iPads or on their um, Kindles or whatever it is? If you think that they're spending a lot of time online, you might find it hard to turn them away from these screens, but probably it's something that you need to do. I was looking at a review for a book, which I will link back to, um, an interesting uh, book that was written by Mary Swingle, and she is a PhD, but she wrote a book called iMinds, and here's the subtitle. This is what got my attention. It said, how cell phones, computers, gaming, and social media are changing our brains, our behavior, and the evolution of our species. And I was like, well, I'm not with you on the evolution of our species thing, but I'm definitely with her when she's talking about the effects that electronic devices are having on our families. Because let's let's face it, we are mesmerized by these devices. We're glued to our cell phones. I read an, an article where a woman said, she said, we pick up electronic devices reflexively whenever there's a pause in conversation. And I thought about myself and I do that. If there's a pause in conversation, I'll, you know, I pick up my phone. Listen, I'm the first one to raise my hand and say, ooh, I do that. She goes on to say, some of us won't hesitate to check status updates, tweets, and game scores between bites at the dinner table. The recent Pokemon Go craze is driving hordes of people to distraction and occasionally onto the city streets. And for parents who feel stressed out and exhausted most of the time, it's just as easy to hand your restless kid a tablet with a bunch of easily accessible educational apps while we go and relax. If it all seems too good to be true, however, that's because it is. Some researchers are now reporting on the consequences of our children's digital habits, and they don't like what they see. According to a neurotherapist and a doctor of psychology, uh, Mary Swingle, who's the woman who wrote this book, we are starting to notice changes in the early learning and development as a result of our increased reliance on interactive technology. And she's right, and I certainly have seen that in my own children. And so I'm going to kind of take you um, kind of down this little road. I really appreciate what the American Academy of Pediatrics is doing in talking about this. They are one of the only established organizations to have actually come up with recommendations for screen time. I already told you that I really am a fan of the Disney Circle. If you haven't checked that out today, I will link back to it in the show notes. But what the um, AAP is doing is emphasizing that not all screen time is equal. And they're taking into the account the different ways that electronic media is being used by kids of all ages. And I told you on Monday, and I'll link back to it again today, that their most recent recommendations include an interactive online media use planning tool that families can use to manage their digital footprint and create a plan to help kids grow up in the digital world, but be still uh, safe and healthy. So I'm going to give you some of their guidelines today. If you're interested in creating this interactive online media use plan for your kids, it's very easy to do. It's accessible. You can uh, you can talk about it with your kids and then put it on your refrigerator and maybe just come up with some boundaries. And I think that's kind of the big word. I was thinking about this and I thought, you know, no, none of us really likes boundaries. And I think as a mother, 
uh, especially when I'm tired, it's just easier for my, me to say, you know what, go down and watch Netflix. And by the way, I thought that Netflix uh, had, you know, because you can categorize things um, according to their standard on what is for children and what's for little kids. Can I just say, don't trust them. Because I was down there with my six-year-old last week and we we're going through, I was trying to find a show to watch, which is, you know, I, I told you guys a couple of uh, months ago, I actually went down to the local thrift store here and I bought uh, a VCR with a DVD player for, I think, 12 bucks. And then I cleaned them out, almost every old movie that I could find, because I'm so tired of my kids being online and just watching garbage. I told my husband, I said, I literally think I'm watching their brain shrink, <laughs> watching all this stuff. And so if that's you, uh, be encouraged. There's lots of different ways that you can um, circumvent and use media to your advantage. Hey, I wanna take a minute to talk about our sponsor for the podcast today. Our podcast is being sponsored this week by Hilo, which if you've never heard of Hilo, I will link back to it in the show notes today, but it's kind of like a Fitbit on steroids. Hilo is life-sensing technology, and I've been using it now for a little while, and I'm telling you what, you guys are gonna be blown away. I know that there is no shortage of smart wearable technology on the market, but I'm telling you what, the Hilo wearable technology is hard to beat. I'm going to be talking a little bit more about it on Friday's podcast, but in the meantime, check it out. I'll link back to the Hilo at the show notes today. I love the online tool that the American Academy of Pediatrics has come up with. So the guidelines that they've come up with are kind of emphasizing the importance of the content of what's in the media, hello, and they're encouraging parental participation in the child's media. So rather than just saying, here you go, here's your cell phone, you know, uh, and download some, some apps and then show me what you're doing, they are encouraging parents to really come alongside their kids and then recommend uh, tech-free zones. So they stress that the media should in no way replace the, the time that you spend interacting with other kids and with uh, your spouse and traditional play. But but they're doing what I think is important, which we talked about on Monday, which is trying not to exasperate the ki these kids by saying, listen, we see some also some positive things that we can get from responsible media use. So here is their list for those of you who are taking notes. All right. And I've got Four more minutes left. Uh, the first one is to go digital together. So they're saying that you can join your kids in digital spaces as another way to spend time together. Play video games with your kids, ask your teens to walk you through their online world. Now, I actually hate this idea. <laughs> it's gonna be honest with you. I don't like to play video games with my kids. Video games make me mad. Uh, the last time I played a video game, I was playing Mario Kart, I think, and that might've been 12 years ago. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, I'm not, I just, I don't enjoy them. They frustrate me. I'd rather read a book. I'd rather read a magazine. I'd rather write an article. I'd rather write a book. <laughs> and so, uh, but I know that my kids love it when I do it. Occasionally, you know, if if uh, my husband's playing a game with them online, which I actually don't think he likes doing that either, but the kids really do like that. And so if that's something that floats your boat, the American Academy of uh, Pediatrics says it's a good idea. Two, keep digital free zones at home. Um, Dr. Salaya, who wrote this article, says, even the most responsible media can't substitute for traditional play and interaction between people. Electronics can become addicting for some children, and I would say some adults, and can become uh, your children can become moody and withdrawn with excessive use. It's extremely helpful for families to establish baseline limits on media and to make electronics off limits at certain times, such as, wait for it, dinner time. 
moment of silence for not taking your phone to the dinner table or the breakfast table. I think uh, I saw a family recently, uh, mom was telling me that what they do in their home is they have a basket for the phones. And when you come to the table, all your phones are put into airplane mode and they're dropped in that basket. Because even if you drop them in the basket, but you can still hear them ring, it's a distraction. So they turn their phones into airplane mode and they put them in the basket and voila, dinner is more interactive in between people again. Three, be picky. Not all games and apps are created equally, even if they're branded as educational. So Skyping with grandma for 20 minutes isn't the same thing as zoning out with Minecraft or YouTube clips for 20 minutes. And so what they're saying is quality counts. So the more interaction, the more learning. And if you're passively watching a video, it's not going to help your toddler acquire language, for instance. Uh, if you're not sure about what's okay, Common Sense Media reviews kids' apps and uh, programs for appropriateness. And I've actually been pretty impressed by the way they do that. So that's Common Sense Media. I will link back to that today for you as well. They have a couple of other suggestions on here, but I'm going to end with the last one that they say, which is to prepare for mistakes. Just like in real life, your kids are going to make mistakes as digital citizens. Use these as teachable moments so that they can learn and grow. And I could not agree with that more. I think a parent who is engaged with their children online, who recognizes that this is the world that we live in, uh, is going to be keeping track of whatever your kids are doing online. So if you see them posting something that is inappropriate or you see them interacting with someone who you think isn't good for them. Listen, this is your job to be the parent, to get in there and say, oh yeah, here I don't want you to do that. And this is why we have actually, uh, my husband and I, when we've traveled before and our kids weren't with us, we've seen them a couple of times post things that we were just like either embarrassed by <laughs> or we just thought, oh brother. And we've called our kids on the phone and said, hey, take that down. Um, and I think it's important for you to be in in your kids' lives, in your kids' lives digitally and obviously in line in, uh, and obviously connecting with them in real life. We need to give our kids the skills to interact in a digital age and in the process of doing that to teach them healthy boundaries and what it looks like to have a balance of time between their life digitally and their lives in, in, uh, in real face-to-face uh, -face interaction with other people. So I hope you guys will join me in my quest for a screen-free summer. Let me know how it's going. I'd love to hear what's working for you, and I'd like to hear what's not working for you. If you've got a podcast idea, I'd love to hear about it. Let me know at podcast at thebusymom.com. Have a great day, you guys. I'll see you back here on Friday. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com. Mm -hmm.